millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Away from the T20 World Cup, it's been another sobering day really here in England and a hugely important one. After an incredible 24 hours since an article was published by George DeBell on ESPN Cricket Info, Sean, a more unwelcome light on Yorkshire County Cricket Club, we're now a day closer to Azim Rafiq, former player, getting a chance to tell his story. At 24 hours where several high-profile politicians decided to make their views known on what constitutes banter and one where MPs finally took the decision-making away from Yorkshire County Cricket Club and the ECB and decided enough was enough. TalkSport and Times Radio covered it all in detail and you'll hear from Yorkshire at bowler Ryan Sidebottom, Julian Knight MP and ESPN Cricket Info's George DeBell. You're listening to Following On. So first up, let's hear from former Yorkshire fast bowler, Ryan Sidebottom. He was talking with Phil Williams late on Tuesday night um, before uh, events escalated somewhat, but off the back of George DeBell's article, um, which claimed that uh, Yorkshire County Cricket Club had decided that the use of the P word was just banter. Firstly, I mean, I had 15 wonderful years at Yorkshire. Um, I played with and alongside um, Azim Rafiq. Um, and, you know, I never sort of saw any type of racism at the club. Um, it's a brilliant club, run very well by lots of wonderful people. But on the other hand, there is no room or acceptance for racism. This day and age is there. And... I'm going to say I'm a little bit disappointed with Yorkshire because when it when racism and, and this has come out, Yorkshire should have acted swiftly and quickly and people want clarity and they want the information and it should they should have moved swiftly to sort this out. 
and now this situation has got bigger and grown in stature and you know the powers that be and people you know way above us um you know in the public eye and um you know way up the food chain have now got involved and it's not going to go away anytime soon so it's been very disappointing and i think it's been handled totally in the wrong manner and um I think hopefully that the ECB will get involved and Yorkshire will um, come clean and, and sort this absolute mess out um, sooner rather than later because it is not ideal. It's not great for Yorkshire. It's not great for cricket. Um, so we're in a ve- Yorkshire are in a very precarious situation at this moment in time. How should they have handled it? Well, it should have been swift. Um, and they should have, you know, they should have owned up. And if, if these findings were true, which they have been, um, they should have, you know, put them out there, said who it was, uh, sorted it out, dealt with it, um, apologised and, and done it in the right manner and gone down the right avenues um, to make, you know, Yorkshire a better county in terms of if racism has been accepted at the club. And it has been, but they've not done it quick enough and now you've seen it you know there's i've seen on social media there's lots of people having their say you know like Sajid javid is having his say Mm. he's disappointed Mm. as well as a lot of yorkshire fans are very upset and very disappointed by the situation that yorkshire now see themselves in the ECB have given us a statement this evening. They say, last week we received Yorkshire's report into the racism and bullying allegations Azim Rafiq made against the club. We're conscious about the length of time that Azim has waited for resolution and the toll that must be taking on his well-being and that of his family. We are sorry that as a sport, this has not yet been resolved. We will conduct a full regulatory process that's fair to all parties, but also ensure this happens as quickly as possible. To achieve this, we've secured the services of a QC, along with other external investigatory support, to upweight resource around our process. The ECB board has also reaffirmed its commitment to further additional resource should the investigation require it. We are aware that the Select Committee have called Yorkshire's Chair Roger Hutton to give evidence in the meantime. We'll press ahead with that investigation. What do you make of that? It's it's a big statement, isn't it? And and hopefully mm. we'll now, now after such a long time that it will get sorted and everything will, um, you know, be, be organised, sorted and, you know, done. And people want to move on. Azim Rafiq and his family want to move on. Yorkshire, surely as a club, want to move on. Um, so it needs sorting and hopefully now, um, this will happen very quickly. Well, when you said you you played alongside him, and obviously you were very clear to say that you'd never witnessed any um, any incidents of racism towards him, but give us an insight into the the dressing room. I mean, for someone to if this if this report does say that it was friendly banter when actual racial slurs were used, what what does that tell us about the the dressing room and the nature of the kind of language that flies around between players? Give us an insight into that. Well, in in the modern day era, you can't, you know, dressing room banter can um, be construed in in many, many ways and many forms. Um, All I will say is that, look, I've played alongside um, many many Asian cricketers, um, black cricketers, um, you know, from all walks of life. And and I will say that sport brings so many people together 
you know, regardless of colour, creed, background, you know, they are just people. And, and sport, you go out there and you perform to the best of your ability along with your teammates. So it, it, it's tough, isn't it? You know, can banter now, um, you know, with what's happening around the world with racism, you know, it, it's unacceptable. But I would say that Azim Rafiq is a, is a wonderful bloke, a really nice guy. And I've come across many, many players and I've not witnessed any racism in and around the club. But obviously, you know, the Azim Rafiq situation has not been dealt with in the right manner. And, and that is just not acceptable. And it does need sorting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So Ryan Sidebottom uh, with Phil Williams on Times Radio Tuesday night. Fast forward to Wednesday morning and a decision by the DCMS that parliamentary privilege would be afforded to Azim Rafiq and uh, all those uh, involved who were invited to speak before Parliament uh, on November the 16th. It means that unlike Yorkshire, names can be named. And uh, the MP joined Jim White on TalkSport today. Now, earlier I spoke to the DCMS chair, Julian Knight MP, to ask him why he has now called the Yorkshire chairman to give evidence in front of MPs. Because we believe that the approach to Mr Rafiq and the inquiry they've done is insufficient. We don't see how it is that the club can justify calling um, someone the P-word as banter. And frankly, we've also seen quite a degree of victim-blaming in the leaked report. So this is just not in any way good enough, and it does not reflect, I think, where cricket is or should be in the 2020s. 
they've not basically taken the action they need to do. And we're going to ensure effectively that they're held to account and that by the end of this process that they do take the action. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you hope to achieve by this? But you want to hold certain individuals to account. Yeah, basically. I think anyone who's used the P word towards Mr Rafiq should lose their job. Very simply, it would happen in my office. It would probably happen in your office as well, I imagine, Jim. Anyone you heard using that P word to another individual, frankly, their feet shouldn't touch the floor. It's absolutely, as they they exit the office, it's absolutely disgusting. But then more than that, I think that anyone who has excused it or has covered up what has actually gone on should stand down. So we would like to know exactly who those individuals are. We have a good idea, but we need to know who they are so they can be put into the public domain. But also, Jim, the great thing is we have a thing called parliamentary privilege, which basically means you can't be sued in Parliament for what you say. So Mr Rafiq will be able to tell us fully, without any worries about current tribunals or anything like that, he'll be able to put in the public domain exactly what happened to him. And I think that would be deeply shocking to people. Julian, the ECB last night released a statement apologising to Asim and his family. Why is it taking so long for that to happen? Well, because effectively they aren't, they aren't the employer. They are contractors with Yorkshire County Cricket Club. They give them the international matches. They're not a seems employer. I've been in touch with them for several months over this, urging them to put as much pressure on possible onto Yorkshire in order for them to basically do the right thing here. And Yorkshire have refused to do so, in my view. So I think that the ECB feels as frustrated, frankly, as we do. But because of you know, legal stuff, the relationship that they have, they can only put it in these terms. But there are things that they can do, and there is the potential where, when we finish our inquiry, that we will be able to recommend that they take certain actions. Julian, we've seen some strong language from others. Uh, The Health Secretary, a colleague of yours, Sajid Javid, said that the ECB wasn't fit for purpose, saying heads should roll. Is government pressure going to be brought to bear here? It is already. I know the sports minister is in uh, daily contact with the ECB, and also has been in contact with the Yorkshire. And I think there is a feeling across government that this is just not acceptable. It's 2021. The idea, frankly, that somehow the P word should be dismissed as banter is insulting to all of us. And the thing is, Yorkshire actually have fallen here, you know, Jim. We go back, I mean, I'm a big fan of Viv Richards, the great West Indian cricketer, and he once had to put up with racial abuse there, and he tackled them, frankly, as you'd imagine Viv would. And that sort of attitude, effectively, seems to be still prevalent within parts of Yorkshire cricket because I've had individuals approach me in the last 48 hours who are cricketers who have said they have been subject to racial abuse at Yorkshire when visiting. This doesn't happen in other places. It doesn't happen at Leicestershire. It doesn't happen at Surrey. It doesn't happen at Middlesex, as far as we're aware. But it seems to happen at Yorkshire. Why? A final one. When does uh, the Yorkshire chair, Roger Hutton, appear before you? Next couple of weeks. We're looking, I think, about 16th. Um, we will then make recommendations. The recommendations we could make could include the ECB being uh, asked to take all international cricket away from Yorkshire until they have reformed and they've changed. They've shown that they've changed. That was Julian Knight, the head of the DCMS, speaking to me exclusively here at TalkSport a short time ago. Trevor, why has it taken so long? And also... It, is it, is it your opinion now, it appears to be the opinion of many, that the whole landscape in the world of cricket is going to change for the county of Yorkshire? I think so. I think it's got to catch up with society. Um, you know, you look at, for me, I look at the personal um, difficulty that this has given to Azim. He's a family man, he's got two kids. Um, 
I'm sure he won't mind me saying so. I have spoken to him. He had a stillborn um, a while ago. The stress of this, and, and remember, he's done nothing wrong. All he's done is reported racism. Um, uh, he's had a stillborn baby son. Uh, he suffered depression, felt like su- suicidal thoughts. And I hear people say, oh, yeah, it's because it's at the end of his career. It doesn't matter if it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end of your career. If you're getting called names that he's been called as friendly banter, I'm sorry, but where have you been? Have you been in a, a submarine for the last 25 years? That is not acceptable in society. It's not acceptable in, in cricket. And actually, Yorkshire County Cricket Club are accountable for hiring the people that have been in charge. And I, I agree with what Julian Knight said. Heads should roll and people deserve to get sacked if they're found guilty of this. I mean, sackings will follow, Simon. Yeah. You heard Julian yeah, Knight yeah. there. Um, they're in the mood to see this right through and why wouldn't they be? Yeah, I mean, I'm never comfortable with government involving himself in situations like this and also prejudging situations, which is what Julian Knight's doing. And I hope he's read the 100-page report so that he's based everything he's just said based upon a perspective. There is no landscape where the P word or the Enya word can be used in context or in any kind of context where it's defensible. So the, the premise that we're talking about, whether this P word, someone has adjudicated it's been used as banter, it can't be used as banter. It's not appropriate to use in banter. There's no defence of it. The man who's been right across this story from the get-go is a senior correspondent at ESPN Crick Info, and he's George Doble, who joins us live this morning. George, good morning to you. Morning. George, thanks so much uh, for giving us more of your time this morning. Uh, how significant is this development with, with Knight's involvement and the DCMS, George? Huge. It feels like Azim has been fighting this for years, at least a couple of years. Uh, and yesterday felt like the dam broke. Uh, and it felt like uh, he is finally going to be listened to. Uh, so uh, I think it's hugely significant. And I think a lot of people will be very uncomfortable knowing that Azim is going to speak with parliamentary privilege in a few days. Uh, yesterday you joined Simon and myself and I, I think what's on Simon's mind this morning, I'm not putting words in your mouth Simon is that George, thus far you have chosen not to name names yet names will come out in front of the DSM, uh, DCMS committee because of parliamentary privilege. Why have you chosen George not to name names up until now? Okay, there's two answers um, and I would accept before answering that I, my judgement might be wrong So the first one is I feel that the specific individual who would have been named yesterday is vulnerable and needs some help. Uh, I would have wanted to put that in place before doing the piece, and for various reasons I couldn't. Uh, The other reason, um, and I'm pretty confident I've been vindicated in this, is that if I had named that person a couple of days ago, I don't think we'd have got to the stage where Julian Knight was calling for the whole Yorkshire board to resign yesterday. I think the focus would have been on one individual, and I really passionately believe, in fact, I think I know that the problem is a lot bigger than one individual. So it it, it should be, I think, the cover-up that is concerning us as much as the idiot who uh, used these comments. I, I say again, yeah. my judgment might be wrong, but I made a judgment call on that, and that, those are the reasons. George, thanks for your answer and your honesty on that. Simon, there is your answer. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't believe that someone that utters these sort of terminologies is deserves any kind of protection because in a society where we're trying to make people accountable we've seen Meghan Markle on a different stage make allegations and the ramifications of that and I do believe that people aren't entitled to an element of protection from it but I do also accept George's point that the individual 
can only be facilitated if the organisation doesn't shut down the individual or correct it or deal with it. And where Yorkshire County Cricket Club have failed on a number of fronts, and I'm still in the same place as I was yesterday, George, about the nature of this independent panel, its commissioning, the makeup of this panel, the people that are on it that have their professional reputations based upon anti-discrimination as being part of their job description, being allowed to operate in a way that seems to have a terms of reference that doesn't either provide any recommendations and doesn't seem to call out what is clearly something that I, I understand the politicians will jump on this for their own reasons and, and, the, and the net effect will be a light will be shone on this. Right? And I will question their reasons and the genuity behind their reasons, but notwithstanding it, if the outcome produces a solution to a problem, then we are all in the right place. I don't like your conflation yesterday of suggesting that the entire cricketing landscape has a racism element to it because there's not enough representation for well, Asian and, and other there, communities. Well, uh, how, how, how widespread is it? In Yorkshire in particular, I think it's a real problem and I think it's going to take decades to resolve. Uh, in cricket as a whole, I think it's a problem. But but I think that uh, what is good is in, in the last 18 months, we've started to have these conversations that people have been prepared to, to come forward. And uh, Azim's lasting legacy will be encouraging other people to share their views. Um, I, I'm very conscious of the fact that, you know, so basically I'm a white middle class fella who is sort of benefiting from the fact that uh, lots of non-white cricketers who have suffered racism are talking to me. But I have been inundated with examples from coaches, players, um, um, yeah, all sorts of people. And uh, yeah, I think we have a significant problem in the game, but I am absolutely certain that the problem in Yorkshire is uh, particularly serious. See, I'm very surprised. I'm not, I'm not questioning you. I'm just, I, I want to debate things because I think it brings all things to the fore, George. Mark sure. Arthur, the chief executive. I've known Mark Arthur from his football days at Nottingham Forest. And I would be surprised, I'm surprised, not would be surprised, because I will bow to your greater knowledge on this subject matter, that this is a culture that he would, any shape or form, want to be part of given his outlook on the world, given his disposition and given his predilection to being involved in sports, which are very much based upon all participants. So I'm surprised, given the owners he worked for at Nottingham Forest and his attitude and disposition and outlook. So I'm surprised to hear that it is so endemic in Yorkshire. But the point I was making with you, and Jim has cut me off, but the point I was making with you about the observation that it's not endemic in Yorkshire, this is systemic in cricket, concerns me. Because it's one thing making Yorkshire accountable for putting together an independent panel that doesn't seem, by your observation, to have been independent. A hundred-page report, and I don't know, George, can I ask you a question? Has Julian Knight read this hundred-page report? Not that I know of. He should read it before he starts making sweeping observations. And uh, I hey, think... I, you're asking me, though. I mean, I know that I have a copy. I yeah. don't know that he has a copy. It'd be interesting to see if he has, because we've got ministers already prejudging the situation. It'll be fascinating to see what comes out. But going back to my point, you made an observation yesterday about the entire culture of English crickets and the fact that the representation was a clear indication of racism in this country. And that concerns me because it feels like a conflation. OK, well, firstly, I, I very much welcome your uh, sort of robust line of questioning but for, for a couple of reasons. One, it gives me the opportunity to answer in a similar way. And two, Absolutely. I'm always aware that people listening to the radio might be shouting at it and saying some of the things that you're uh, saying quite eloquently. So I, I genuinely welcome of the course. robust line of questioning. Uh, 
So uh, I, I, I don't think it's a conflation. I think it's a result of quite a lot of experience and uh, particularly over the last 18 months. So, um, you know, Mark Butcher uh, produced a documentary for Sky in the last few weeks, I think it's been shown. And I did a piece for ESPN maybe 18 months ago, uh, which was titled, entitled something like, what has English cricket been like for black players? And I spoke to a lot of people and, uh, and look, that piece is still up there, Google it. It is devastating. And the key thing for me was, uh, uh, the key conversation for me, I'm afraid, uh, life-changing actually, was a conversation with uh, an academic called Richard Sargent, who played cricket in Barbados, was a friend of Joel Garner's and then came to work in England. And he said, actually, uh, you're the problem, meaning me. Uh, you, you middle-class white boys talk to your middle-class white educated friends. You're not reg uh, racist and you presume that other people aren't. And your complacency has made you complicit. Now, that, that was a slap in the face for me. Honestly, you could not exaggerate what a big moment that was. And I, and I reflected on it immediately. I thought, well, that's not going in the piece. And then I thought, you know what? That is the piece. Yes. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I spoke to a lot of people. And, and, and Simon, I, I would just urge you to do the same, to, to get them to share their experiences and understand why so few of them are willing to do it publicly. And it's because they find, like Azim, they just get shut down. Now, the th one thing I want you to take away from this is Azim went through every reporting process. Yeah. He did everything right. He went to the PCA, nothing. He went to the club, nothing. He's spoken to the ECB, nothing so far. The only way he got the data move was journalism, and that was pure chance, really. So we have to do better in um, ensuring that the reporting process works. Now, when I talk about the culture at Yorkshire, I don't just mean the club. If you read the end of the piece I had published this morning, there's a lot about club cricket in the area. We're talking about a club where, uh, for which uh, Azim played, he was actually held I've down. I've read the piece, George. Yeah, but it's not in this piece. He was held down as a teenager and had wine poured into his mouth. So th there, are, there are so many examples I could give of the culture within Yorkshire cricket, I'm afraid, needing to be uh, educated. There is not going to be a, an immediate sort of break through the tape moment of improvement here. It is going to take us yeah. decades. George, stay, 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 with, George stay with us for a second. Trevor, take us sure. to the break. George was just saying that complacency makes many of us complicit. Yeah, I think um, the disappointing thing uh, for me, uh, listening to George there, is that when Azim went to complain about the racism that he'd received, and people, I, I really dislike people saying, oh, it's because he's at the end of his career. It doesn't matter if it's the start, the middle or the end. I think he's brave to come forward because the, what, what he's had to come against. And he, like he said, he went to the PCA, he got knocked back. He went to the club, he got knocked back. He went to the ECP, ECB, which is the governing body, and they didn't want to listen to him. And the only reason why this is being listened to and we're talking about this now and it's in Parliament is because the media highlighted it. And I think that can be repeated time and time again up and down the country. It's not just Yorkshire. And like what, what George just said there, I'm not surprised that you've heard players up and down the country, heard, heard their stories and know that it's a bigger bigger problem than we think it is uh george we appreciate your time but times against us you you said that you would be releasing more articles on this subject are you going to do that george and when will you do it well i mean i did one about three hours ago <laughs> yeah, I read it, yeah. Um, um yes I, I to be honest i i was um quite surprised by the cut through of this one because i've been writing about this for years i mean 18 months or whatever and this one had uh, the one on Monday had more of an effect than I thought it would. And it kind of feel, feels as if we got it over the line. 
anything I write at this stage uh, gives other people an opportunity to sue me. And they're terrifically keen to do that, you know. So uh, I am uh, going to be quite careful and going to allow Azim to go to Parliament on the 16th, have his say, and then let the cards fall. It, it's been quite a long push to get this far, you know, and I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I'm not particularly after more reads or more Twitter clicks or anything. I, I wouldn't mind having a week off, to be honest. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I can imagine. No, but you've got the zeitgeist on it, George. So it's, it's interesting for us to be able to wander through your eyes and through your experiences. And going to your point you made earlier on about talking to people, you know, without getting into the virtue signalling world, my nephew's black. I owned a professional football club for 10 years and didn't employ a black manager because I didn't have anybody make applications for the job in that capacity, even though my club is probably one of the most multi-ethnic football clubs in the country. So it wasn't, my lack of representation wasn't to do with racism. But I want to go back to the point that you made about this independent, because I, I think it's a red herring and I might be misunderstanding what you're saying. This independent panel that was made up of a very significant group of people, their report, which is a report that basically was commissioned to evaluate this whole scenario, are you saying that the terms of reference of this report were a waste of time because Yorkshire put the terms of reference, a waste yeah. of time because Yorkshire have completely disregarded the report and have chosen yeah. to take out of it what they want, and the report itself yeah. is actually a fitful document worth reading? No, yes to the first two and no to the last. I can't be more direct than that. Listen, I, I don't want to uh, personalise it quite in the way that you do, and you might want to do that for very fine reasons, but I don't, because I don't really feel as if I know the people involved. I've spoken to one or two people on the panel, and they seemed like intelligent, well-meaning people. I, I believe that good people can make bad decisions. I'm not personalising it. I'm, I'm basically suggesting that the report itself... Is the report itself fit for purpose? Because if the report no. itself... So it's not, right? So no, then these not, people not haven't done their job, have they? I, well, I, you know, I, I, I think the very first interaction we had yesterday, I pulled you up on the word independent, and I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. It is not an independent report. Not by any reason. I'm going to keep pushing back to you. If you're an anti-discrimination lawyer who's yeah. made your career out of being in anti-discrimination, why in God's name would you want to align yourself to a report that isn't independent and damage your professional reputation by doing so? so I'm, I'm going to answer that as directly as I can, but without knowing the person. But the, uh, the, one of the, of the barristers who was involved, I believe, in uh, gaining evidence for the report I spoke to during the process, and I said, why haven't you phoned all these witnesses that came forward? They, yeah. they, they're, they're getting in touch with me and saying, why haven't you? And this was uh, a young black barrister with an excellent record who seemed sincere and sensible. As I say, good people make bad decisions. Uh, I have the report, uh, which I think puts me in a minority of very few. And I, it reads to me as if they are desperately uh, trying to be sympathetic to Yorkshire and still, on occasions find themselves having to be very critical. I will say again, they cleared the individual who used the P word mm. because uh, 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 they referred to it as banter. And at that point, I feel the prosecution kind of can rest. Yeah, I, got, yes. I agree with you. Now, Simon, okay. that's so, key. So, uh, that's key. What George has just said, uh, that's key. But it's key to the point where you're basically allowing people to perform an independent, well, I use the word independent sure. <laughs> very loosely, but you're allowing people whose professional reputation is based upon anti-discrimination to put themselves in harm's way now because they've been party to a report which seems to be indefensible. And we're going to see how this report plays out and what the government do with it or the DCMS, what the sports minister do and what Yorkshire County Cricket Club are now being made to do by the ECB. Sam, so, so, so George, is this not the bottom line? Is this not the bottom line? Up until recently, there are individuals 
I don't know how many, in the world of cricket who think it's okay to use the P word. That's all right, because it's banter. Well, it ain't. Well, of course it's not. And now and you're we, witnessing... And we, and we and now that. you're... No, we don't all accept that. There are people that probably don't accept that. But now you're witnessing in the fallout. Room, in this room. Now you're witnessing the fallout. In this room, we all accept that there is no context that you can defend the indefensible. George, have the final word as you did yesterday. Have the final word. Take the stage. The worst of the evidence I've seen was not investigated. The worst of the evidence was discounted and it involved a very well-known player using the N-word routinely. And it was not uh, investigated because they didn't feel it was germane to Azim Rafiq. The evidence that is, has not been uh, gone into the report is disgusting and they did not phone several of the players and coaches and other people who offered to give evidence. It, it is a, a poor, underwhelming report. I don't want to question the integrity of the people involved. I genuinely don't. Uh, I have no view on it, but I think they've done a poor piece of work. And, so, so this uh, was a well-known cricketer, George, who regularly used the N-word. Under parliamentary privilege, will his identity be revealed? Uh, it wasn't Azim's evidence. It was another player's evidence. So I don't know. And that player, I persuaded because he said, there's no point in me putting my head above the parapet. It will just get ignored. I'll just feel embittered afterwards. I said, please do it. Please do it. I believe in this process. And he was absolutely right. He was ignored. He has been, yeah. And, and he's a pariah in the game now. So all those coaches or players who say to me, well, you know, I'm very reluctant to talk. And I say, please talk. Please trust me. Generally, they've been proved right. Big thanks to Jim White, Simon Jordan, Trevor Sinclair, and also, of course, uh, George DeBell, um, Julian Knight MP, and Ryan Sybottom. The story, sadly, has still some way to go. We'll be covering it here on TalkSport and on the following on podcast. But for now, thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.